Sam and Greg with you on this uh, July 4th, 4th of July. Uh, so glad you're with us this morning to start your holiday with us. Been here since 6 o'clock this morning, and my goodness, we're here in front of Colony Square, the newly renovated Colony Square, if you haven't had a chance to come down and see it, Is and that, watching Atlanta at its best. Are Look those the airborne? Yes, and we salute them. Yes, indeed. As they go by, uh, all in their, in their fatigues. Uh, often that we see military groups uh, grow by in units uh, together for this event. That's not an unusual thing to see here during the Peachtree Road Race. Folks, it's the 4th of July in Atlanta. It's what we do in our city. Uh, it's back It's back the way we haven't seen it in a couple of years. Over 50,000 runners participating in it this year. And uh, we're happy to be bringing you some of the some of the color, some of the flavor from it here. Uh, you know, right, right in front of Colony Square here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Um, Got, got Gordon Robinson here, the commissioner, is hanging out. Yes, hanging sir. Out, been, been taking this in. And, Gordon, it's been great uh, to be down here. And we see got this Jesus coming. Is this guy, we, really? Look at look at this. You know, or is it Moses? We don't know which one it is. That's some nice shoes he got on, though. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I thought they wore sandals. Right. right? But there were some nice running shoes he got on there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are being unique and original. But like you said in the last hour, Gordon, we've gotten to that stage of the event. Oh, yeah. Uh, where we see some uh, see some characters and we see some things like that. So, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what, what, uh, what, what we end up seeing when we come down to this event. Uh, the winners, some of the winners who come by, and we talked about them earlier, uh, Daniel Romanchuk won the men's uh, wheelchair event. I mean, they're the ones that got started early this morning. They started at 625, and uh, he was the winner of that event. It's his fifth time winning Peachtree. Talk about this. Now, does um, it give you a time on, like, how, how long, or does it is just giving you the winner? It's giving me the winner. I can go back and I can look up the times on them because the times are so impressive to realize how fast they cover right. this troop. I know how long it would take me to get from Lenox Square down here. Uh, but these people, and, and they do it, and they make it look effortless to people who are in the world-class world competitors. And that's the thing we enjoy. We enjoy watching them, and we appreciate, mm, you know, the, the talent, the work that goes into being prepared to be up front. Now, of course, we got some people, you know, coming by now. Some of the folks are running. Some of the folks are walking, uh, you know, because, like you said, it's, it's to that part of the event that, that everybody can, 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 uh, can participate in. And we remember back in 1970 when this thing started, it was just 110 people. And basically those who are like running enthusiasts, those are people who were really, really good at it. You know, talk about some, some folks who uh, did that time. But then it became a thing that everybody wanted to take right. part in, more and more people. And thankfully, more ways have been made for people to participate in this event uh, each and every year. And that's the thing, other thing that makes it special and makes it great and something that we enjoy. Uh, people, if you are Paralympians, uh, participate in this and, uh, and the youngest participant can be 10 years old. Well, they also had the the juniors running yesterday. A friend of mine just came by. She said her daughter ran in the junior race. I had a, another friend of mine who said that they were running in the junior race yesterday. Yeah. But you have to, like you said, you have to be 10 years old to compete today or to participate today. Yeah. 
that's what you have to have in order in order to participate. But it, it is 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 exciting uh, to have them come out. I mean, last year was a, this was a two day event last year, and this year is all back to one day as people go through uh, go, go go through Peachtree. The route the route has changed over the years. When they ran it the first time in 1970, they started in what was an old Sears building, right there at the corner of uh, Peachtree and West Paces Ferry. If you're going north. It was right there on the left. That building is long gone, but that was where they would start. And they would finish in Woodruff Park, which you would just come straight down Peachtree. Uh, there was no turn. But as the event grew and you needed more room for more people who were participating, they started it at, at Lenox Square, and it comes down Peachtree. Uh, they're passing us here, right here in the corner of Peachtree and 14th. They'll go down to 10th. They'll make that left turn, and then they'll make that sprint downhill into Piedmont Park. Got the firemen. The firemen dressed up in full gear. Full gear, folks. They're out here. And like I said, if we see them, we also want to say a thank you to all of the uh, essential workers and all the first responders that are here being a part of this. It takes a lot of people to make this event go off without a hitch. So now asking you, as you talked about the route changing, the route changed because the event grew. I mean, the number of people grew. So they had to accommodate traffic throughout the Atlanta streets, or was the... Well, also, you needed more people to, to, people to finish. I mean, Piedmont Park is a lot more room compared to Woodruff Park. Correct. You can't get these folks into Woodruff Park. True. <laughs> you know, True. Right, right. You know what I mean? So you can't get this many people into Woodruff Park. They need the larger space, and so they started finishing uh, at, at Piedmont Park. And, of course, that's where people go and get the famous T-shirt. You get the famous T-shirt there uh, when they finish. This thing that everybody runs for. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much. That looks nice and refreshment. I, I guess that's got some refreshment while we are while, while we're working. Here. As Sam gets his hydration station going, <laughs> <laughs> we oh. encourage we encourage everyone out here if you're out here to remain hydrated. It's a very humid, muggy day. Yeah, I had someone from out of town ask me, so how hot is it? And it's not that hot yet. But 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 the humidity is here, right? And, and you can tell it. Everybody's coming by is thoroughly drenched. And uh, like you said, you have the hydration stations located throughout the race route uh, where everybody can go by and just get them a little cup of water. Either you can drink it or you can pour it on you and keep on running and just drop that cup knowing knowing that someone, my wonderful city works, is going to come and clean it up when it's yeah. all done. Yes. And salute to them as our, well. Our essential workers are working today and, and they haven't begun to work. Just wait until the thing is over. There's a whole lot of paper cups on this street going all the way back. Uh, all the way back to Lytic Square. And so someone's going to come by after, once everyone is done, once everyone has completed this race, uh, they'll, they'll come by and clean all that up and have things nice and neat for, for the other things we have going on uh, here today as far as July 4th weekend. Because, of course, the Braves are back home uh, after a successful road trip, uh, going up and getting two out of three over the weekend for Cincinnati. They, that one yesterday got away from them. But they went two out of three. They're closing in on the Mets to try to take first place. I think they're in first place before they see the Mets on the 11th of this month. Uh, seems like it's been a long time since we played those guys. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thinking the Braves may have first place before that time and can put some distance. That Captain America, he's got his shield. Got his shield. He's walking down the street with it. He's, he's not running. I figure Captain America be moving a little faster that, that than that. shield's heavy, brother. That's a heavy shield, I suppose. So, so Captain's out there walking. <laughs> but the Braves tonight are back at Truist, taking on the St. Louis Cardinals and um, opening the series with them. And as always, uh, Fourth of July means fireworks with the Braves, right? And they'll be taking place tonight. I think the Stripers, Gwinnett Stripers, are home tonight as well, and I think they're going to have some fireworks for you. Lots of great fireworks shows 
um, all around the area. I don't know if you got a favorite one that, that, that you like. I think Six Flags is going to be doing there. Stone Mountain, obviously. I'm doing that. I'm seeing, man, I'm seeing the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is coming running down the street. Things you, I, that I am, you I'm missing the statue. The, the statue. The, Aha, see that? I see you. The, the statue, I see. The Statue of Liberty is coming down right in front of us here. At statue of Liberty <laughs> in Atlanta. And we're not talking about the football play. <laughs> we're talking about the statue. Somebody who's really dressed up like Statue of Liberty, holding the holding the, the torch and everything as he comes down the street. You know what I mean? That's and, what that, that, that's what this day is all about. And you guys talked about earlier about favorite 4th of July moments. One of my favorite moments was being with my family. Uh, my my in-laws are from Thompson, Georgia. Okay, okay. And so they brought a bunch of their family and friends in town. And one of my, uh, my wife's family members made their own fireworks. Whoa, homemade fireworks? Homemade fireworks, gunpowder, the whole nine. I'm scared of that. And you talk about a boom. I, I'm sure. The, the kids thought they were shooting cannons outside. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a great, but it was a great time. We all had a great evening. That was about three or four years ago. And, you know, so that was one of my one of my fun memories in terms of the 4th of July. That sounds like it. That sounds like it. a lot of new 4th of July memories being made right here in front of us here uh, uh, during the Peachtree Road Race. We're going to come back with more here in front of Colony Square. Coming up next, we're going to check in with Corey McCartney, get more into this Braves team, what they've done and what's on the horizon for them. Stay with us with the AJC Peachtree Road Race here on Sports Radio, 929 The Game and 929thegame.com. Take us everywhere with, on the Odyssey app. Sam and Greg and Commissioner Gordon. Uh, we're hanging out here in, in front of Colony Square with the 53rd annual AJC Peachtree Road Race that is going by as pass by. How you doing? Nice shirt. Uh, a lot of people are going by in some really interesting outfits as we got into that stage of the event, but great to see everyone out again. Uh, some 50,000 runners expected uh, when this whole event is done on this day. And this reminder... Kenny Maine has joined the Odyssey family with his new podcast, Hey Maine. Each week, Kenny will talk to someone who knows a little or is fascinated by a lot, athletes, musicians, celebrities, and just about anyone else. So download Hey Maine on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And he's some uh, recent guest of his have been Chris Berman and Ben Schwartz, and comedian from Parks and Recreation. Uh, so, uh, you know, watch out for Kenny Maine as he now has a podcast. And here's who is that in the gray hair? I have no idea. Who oh that's my supposed goodness! To be. Is that Zeus? It's supposed to be? Uh, oh, is that uh, somebody next to him with the red outfit on? That wasn't supposed to be Mr. And Mrs. Claus, was it? I hope not. I hope not he either. He didn't have a Christmas hat. Uh, I, he didn't I, have on much at all. He, he really didn't have on much <laughs> at all. What you talking about? Well, let's talk about somebody. I hope he's got something on. Uh, he's not out here running. Corey McCartney always keeps an eye on things. Uh, the Braves with us. Join us now on this Fourth uh, of July morning. Happy. July 4th, Independence Day to you, Corey. Welcome. Sports Radio 92.9 Gay. I feel like I'm tapped into Al Roker here doing the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You thought, is that, that's the vibe I'm getting from me out there calling all this. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, that's fair. You should be here and see some of the sights and spectators. Corey, have you ever participated in this? 
So I did it for five straight years, and I'm a bit of a running snob, so I got a little sick of like trying to weave through all the people. So um, yeah, but I, I've done it many times. That's what someone else said. I was on with uh, last week with Andy Bunker, and he said he really got prepared to run the race. And because of where he started, you're not with the elite folks or the serious running people. You're having to weave through all the friends and neighbors who are out there, like, waving to people and whatnot. So that kind of happened to you, too, huh? Yeah, so I went through a period where I was doing, like, uh, I was doing two half marathons a year, running full marathons. So I just, you know, I, I wasn't getting those preferred uh, corrals. So it was kind of like I was, you know, playing. I was dodging people the entire time. So it kind of kills the vibe a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, you're not participating. I'm sure you're doing it from a nice, safe place. You, you know, participating virtually, like a lot of people are doing today. Tell you what, Braves are back in town. A Fourth of July tradition here is 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 a Peachtree Road Race, but also a big part of the tradition uh, are the Braves and the fireworks show, and that's that's going on today. It, yeah, and, you know, this is the anniversary of that Rick Camp game. If you want to talk about fireworks, obviously that 19-inning game, uh, one of the, there was the, the home run. But, yeah, certainly the Braves, you know, coming back home and uh, after some really strong pitching matchups in Cincinnati at start, in terms of the starters, uh, I know things didn't break their way due to the bullpen and the finale there in Cincinnati, but uh, they get a really great matchup here against the Cardinals starting today. And Kyle Wright, um, he has just been uh, all-star caliber here. Uh, through the first half of the season. So uh, he's never faced the Cardinals before, so it's going to be a good test for him. And I dug this up this morning. The Braves have never had three starters roll off double-digit K performances. They had Spencer Strider on Saturday, Charlie Morton on Sunday. We'll see what we get out of Kyle Wright today. Wow, folks, spending time on the waitfor.com hotline with Corey McCartney. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at Corey J. McCartney, at Corey J. McCartney, all lowercase. The Cardinals are coming into town. And these guys seem like they're always in the conversation. How do they do it year in and year out? Maybe not getting to the World Series, but you know you're always going to get a tough time when you face this group. You are, and, and this year in particular, I mean, you've got Paul Goldschmidt, who who has been you know every look at the, the National League MVP uh, at this stage of the season. He's been fantastic. Nolan Arenado, uh, everyone knows what he's capable of at third base. He hit for the cycle on Friday and then Saturday. Uh, was part of a run of four consecutive home runs for the Cardinals in the first inning. They're the first team ever to do that in the first inning, so they have all kinds of firepower. Uh, Tommy Edmond is having an insane season for them at second base, and then you look at their pitching. I mean, Miles Michaelis uh, looks like an all-star. I mean, they, this is a very, very good Cardinals team that's in the thick of it in the National League Central. So I think this is going to be a really, really good series uh, for the Braves, and I think it's going to be a really strong test because this is the kind of team as we, you know, the Braves know from these past few years, you could well end up seeing in October. Braves have been able to do some things in spite of. And when I say in spite of, I mean in spite of some injuries and some people who've been out and missed some games. Adam Duvall uh, got hit on the hand. And, and so, you know, we got some people we hope that will be rejoining the team from injuries. But it seems like this team finds a way to keep moving forward and continue to win games. And that tells you a lot about the makeup of this team and where this team is mentally and emotionally right now. Yeah, it does. And, and I think the one that really hurts right now, I mean, certainly not having Ozzy Albies at second base and, and the, you know, the, the potential that he has every time he comes to the plate is one thing. But uh, I, not having Kenley Jansen right now due to that irregular heartbeat, I think it's kind of shaking things up with the bullpen. And we've seen Will Smith and A.J. Minter have closing experience in the past. But I think guys get kind of accustomed to roles in bullpens. 
And when you've asked asking everybody to kind of slot up a spot, I, I think that's kind of what you saw over the weekend. I mean, Will Smith, you know, ends up uh, hitting hit by pitch that walks the bases loaded. Uh, obviously, AJ Minter gets into a situation on Sunday where he can't get it out, and they end up losing on a walk off to the Reds. So uh, I think he's the one right now. I think that, that they really need back because I think. Obviously, guys have had success before in those roles, but I think he's just been a stabilizing force for them in that bullpen. Folks, spending time on the waitfor.com outline with, with Corey McCartney talking Braves um, on this 4th of July if they get set to open up a series against the Cardinals tonight, 720 at Truist Park. Uh, place is going to be packed as fireworks always, and Kyle Wright will be on the mound. Can this guy pitch his way into the All-Star game? You feel like that's a possibility for him. Nine wins. If he get the night, he will have a tenth win to be in double. And did we see this coming from him? I, I did not see this coming from him. You know, having conversations early in the season with him. I, I know a lot of people looked at what he did last year in the World Series and said, wow, this guy's turned the corner. Um, he told me it actually happened around the midpoint of the previous season when he was sent down to uh, Gwinnett and, you know, he was able to kind of tweak some things. He went back and looked at tape of himself at Vanderbilt and got back to that fastball curveball guy that really, uh, you know, helped propel him to a top five pick uh, in the draft. I do think he's, he has every uh, bit of an argument to be in the all-star game. The problem is the Braves have so many guys that have that same argument. I was kind of rolling through in my head. You could think of eight to nine different guys outside of the vote, you know, reserves, uh, Max Freed, A.J. Minter are also uh, pitching candidates. They're going to have a, some really tough decisions in terms of which Braves get in there, but I do think Kyle Wright having a season that nobody really anticipated is definitely a, a, a major challenger to get into the All-Star game. Talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. We got him back in the lineup. He came back, first of all, in a, D, in a DH area. Do you run, run him back out there and make him every day are you still guarded with him, uh, considering the fact that we've had a couple of things that have slowed him down? You know it's hard for him to stop. If he shows up at the ballpark, he wants to play. We, but, but he, we kind of end up using that phrase that we want to kind of save him from himself sometimes uh, because of what we know he means to this team. And that's very true. And I, I think a lot of the talk that you saw around the injury said, you know, it's going to be a full year before the guy can really feel like he's 100% back to himself. And I think – not necessarily that Acuna feels like that, but I think it kind of a, it, it puts the Braves in a position where if something small pops up that potentially you would have played through because nobody's really healthy as the season goes on, right? I mean, sure, if you go around the clubhouse, everyone's going to say, oh, I got this going on, I got that going on. But when a guy's coming off of a major injury like Acuna is, everything gets a little bit more elevated. So maybe you're a little bit quicker to kind of pull back on a guy and let, let, not let him play through things. I think that's where they're – it's not that he's injury prone. I think they're just being so cautious with it because, again, as you mentioned, he wants to go out and play every day and push through things. So I think you have to be, you know, almost kind of put handcuffs on him a little bit. Uh, I think we're getting close to the point where you just let him roll and get through things. But don't forget, I mean, he's coming off of an injury that at one time it was really something that derailed careers. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then a, a foot injury, of, well, we'll call it an injury, but it slowed us down early last week. Had us thinking uh, some things about his uh, availability. Uh, but when he's in the lineup, we know the differences make. Talk about this lineup, and maybe it's because we have the DH. We've been able to change to see different people batting the number two, two spot. Nasby Swanson's been up in that spot recently, and he's been ripping the cover off the ball. But, but talk about what this lineup allows Brian Snitker to, to do and shift people. We have, we've seen Travis Darno uh, uh, batting out of the number two spot. The flexibility in this lineup and what they can trot out night after night. 
Yeah, yeah, it's something that Brian Snickers talked about over the years is lengthening the lineup, right? And I think without the pitcher hitting, and I know a lot of purists for the National League Baseball hate that concept, but I think it's allowed the, a team like the Braves to weather not having, you know, uh, Ozzie Albies in there. So you, you can kind of resort things and allowing Michael Harris, who's been fantastic, uh, to find his way uh, into his major league career. But Adam Duvall told me this team prides itself on being a tough out one through nine. And I think that's the mentality that allows Brian Snicker to kind of move things through. And, of course, it helps when Dansby Swanson is playing out of his mind uh, that where you can play him as high as leadoff and, and hit him at second base. But there was a time where they thought this was a prototypical lead, uh, second number two hitter in your lineup. It didn't necessarily translate early for him, but he's found his way. And they just have power up and down that lineup. And I think that fluidity that they have is really why they're just such a dangerous team. You can move William Contreras in and out. You can move Tra- uh, Travis Darno in and out. I mean, you, you just have so many different options. I think that's why, you know, this team, and of course the hard hit rates, the home runs, they're just a very difficult matchup for any pitcher one through nine. And, man, there are a few lineups right now that can say that across baseball. Spending time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with Corey McCartney talking Braves. Um, and my goodness, as they get set to return home and open a homestand uh, with the, the Cardinals, the Nationals are coming, and we finally see the Mets. Uh, on the 11th my question is will the Mets still be in first place when the Braves get to see them in a few days so here's the thing tomorrow Max Scherzer is making his uh, first uh, start back from from uh, his injury you've got Jacob deGrom who's in rehab right now who could uh, be back right around the all-star break if not at the end of July they've got Chris Bassett on the COVID list who's coming back we're going to see a healthy version of this Mets team very very soon I don't think it's going to happen when they get that uh, series in uh, City Field right before the break, uh, it's lining up where Max Scherzer is not going to get one of those starts. But do not expect this to be another Mets collapse. This team is built differently. I'm not saying that the Braves can't catch them. I'm just saying if the Braves are going to knock them down, they're going to have to earn it. And obviously it took a historic June where they re- uh, they equaled a, uh, a franchise wins record to get to the point it has been. This is going to be a really, really great race, and, and everyone's getting stocked up here. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. That in mind, the Braves still have some pieces to get help. We want to see Mike Soroka return to this team. That being said, do you go do some dealing? Are we going to do some trade deadline action? We're very active. Very, very, very active last year at the trade deadline. Do you feel like we go dealing anyway, uh, despite the talent that's going to be coming back and rejoining this team? I can't see it being to the degree that it was a year ago when you had to remake your entire outfield, right? I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to need any starting pitching help because, as you mentioned, Mike Soroka's coming back. Uh, I think there could still be some improvements made in that bullpen. I, you know, I think you know, uh, Daniel Bedard from the uh, Pirates is a name to watch there. Uh, I think they, that's the one spot they could be active in. Maybe they go out and add another bench bat. I just I think anything that's done is going to be a little bit more minimal because they did get I mean, think about the impact that Michael Harris has made. Think about Spencer Strider and what he's brought to those, that rotation. Those are already guys that you've had come back. And then you've got Eddie Rosario, you know, Mike Soroka, uh, Ozzie Albies coming back later in the season. So I think a lot of those in-house pieces are going to feel like guys that you picked up. Uh, but I can't anticipate them doing anything too aggressive before that August 2nd deadline. We'll be watching to see what happens to the Braves start this homestand. Corey, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. Continue to enjoy the holiday. What, what, what's on the grill? Are you grilling something today? I'm coming over with an empty plate. I got a nice empty plate. I, got I may th- bring you something to wash it down with. What, what, what you got on the grill? I got th- 
I got the whole hibachi blackstone thing. So you come over, I'll be out there with the spatulas and all that, like you're at a Japanese steakhouse. So we'll deal it up. All right, all right. That's that's the deal we've been waiting for. Nice, nice. Corey, thanks so much for the time this morning. Always great catching up. And let's see if the Braves get some wins this week. I right, appreciate it, Sam. All right, that is Corey McCartney. Always uh, great to have him um, with us on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, of course, he's on Sunday evenings from the from the, from the Diamond as well uh, here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, great to have him with us. Uh, and, of course, he is social uh, on Twitter at Corey J. McCartney. All right, we got more coming up. Commissioner Gordon is here. The runners are still coming by. We're, we're more walkers now. Yes. Uh, but, but we're going to talk about here and go over who our top finishers were here on this July 4th, 2022, the 53rd edition of the AJC Peachtree Road Race continues here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929thegame.com. Here is everywhere on the Odyssey app. With a dream, my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame, access. Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the camp, here I am for the first time. Look to my right, and I see the Hollywood sign. This is all so crazy. Everybody seems so famous. My tummy's turning, and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure, and I'm nervous. Sam and Greg got the Mr. Gordon sitting here. We're gonna wrap things up and hand it off to Chris Goforth at the top of the hour. Uh, as people run by here, the Peachtree Road Race, uh, some running, some jogging, uh, some just waving to people and taking selfies. Uh, you can do whatever you want to do, like I said, when you get to this stage of the race. Uh, some folks are just out there. A lot of families out there right this time. You know, the young folk out there with, with the family members and whatnot just out there. And we're seeing some interesting things, too. Oh, got, yeah. Yeah, I got one more thing to read to you right now. Uh, dive into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rule book with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. Unwritten looks at all the secrets and not-so-secret guidelines that big leaguers follow while playing the game. Ron and Jimmy give you the players' perspective on bat flips, bean balls, brawls, and more. And so chatting up an, uh, an opponent, faking out a, a base runner, heckling a fielder, all of those are forms of baseball gamesmanship, but some are more accepted than others. So this week's episode is on gamesmanship. And this week's guest is former Major League First Baseman Sean Casey. There's a great A-Rod story to share, so download Unwritten on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, I've been looking at some of the fashion that people wear at Kamish, and, um, you know, you look at some shoes. There is a shoe that has been done for the Peachtree Road. Are you taking a look? What and I'm it? looking at it now. What it's do you the, think of that? It's the Adidas Adi Star, and it's – it's in partnership with the Atlanta Track Club, man, and it's it's a nice-looking shoe. Like, a lot of times you think of a running shoe, most people don't think of a nice-looking shoe. You just think it's built for comfort, but Adidas has done a great job with this. It's a nice-looking shoe. And how do you get this, though? Like, if you just sign up for the race, I'm sure you have to kick in an extra couple bucks to get the official shoe. Well, you know what? They, 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 they do something for this event at the Georgia World Congress Center. It's been going on the past few days. They do an expo, and people, the numbers you see them wearing – they go to pick up those numbers in person. Now, you can't do it virtually, but most people go to do it in person. This young and, lady's and, just and, wearing a dress like, you know, she's yeah. going to the to, to brunch. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to go have some brunch after she gets through with this. But but that's the thing, that, that particular shoe, uh, and like I said, is a product of Adidas and a partner with the with the Atlanta Track Club. And uh, you could, they, they had them for sale 
at, at the Expo over the Georgia World Congress Center. It was great, great, great to see that. And then also you can't get them online. You can go online and get them as well. So it's a it's, it's a nice looking shoe. When I heard when I heard they'd done a shoe, I was like, eh, I was ready for it to not look too nice. But I found out that it was the shoe was done by Adidas and very well. You know, I, I might even go get a pair of these. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice looking shoe. It's a nice shoe that you can go out and you can go you can have fun in. And uh, especially today, it's probably it probably goes with whatever your outfit is today. But would be, that, that shoe would be an excellent. Especially company. the red, white, and blue. Yeah, I'm learning though. A lot of the stuff that's associated with the Atlanta Peachtree Road Race is top flight. Is 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 you know is high society because of the also we talked about the the official's pace car yeah that's a beautiful car i think it was the electric bmw, BMW. ix yeah, they drove a couple of them by here to tease us with earlier and the first you time know, they notice rolled, how they didn't ask if we wanted to ride along with them they right just, they just kept on going right right you know <laughs> I, we would have been back all we had to do was commercial break we, we had to we just spin going, the block a just, little bit we just going to the store you know <laughs> I could, uh, I could have brought some ice, you know. How about that? Yeah. How, how about that? But they they did uh they, they did show off that that vehicle being the official official vehicle this uh, of, of this event. And the Shiver one with the AJC Peachtree Road Race uh, appreciates uh, people who have sponsored this event, people who have volunteered for this event, staying on board because of where this event has has fallen the last two years, having to do it with limited participation and and uh, and, and on, t on two days last year. And then having to do it all virtually the year before, um, a lot of people in some situations and other other entities and other events probably lost sponsors during that time. Right. A lot of sponsors have participate have stayed on with this event because they know what it means to the community. They know what it means uh, for our state and for this region of the country. As so many of the runners and participants do come from Georgia, a world-class field again this year as always. We got our top finishers, men's wheelchair winner Daniel Romanchuk is fifth time winning this. It's time 18 minutes 39 seconds. Uh, the women's winner Susan Scaroni, 21 minutes 18 My seconds. Goodness. And then your world-class runners, uh, Ronix Capruno, uh, 22 years old, uh, ran it in 27 minutes and 25, 27, 25, man. And uh, uh from Ethiopia, a two-time Olympian, won the women's. And we were checking to see. We hope she's okay because yes. uh, afterwards she was taken to the medical tent uh, because, hey, there's, there's a great deal of humidity. And these we're talking world-class athlete having to be treated. I'm hoping everyone that is out here participating is properly hydrated. They're taking advantage of the hydration stations that are out there. You can have a little something to sip and, and, as you walk by. How you doing? Those are, the, the, those are interesting trout pants they got on. Right. They're very, very interesting. Uh, and that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> but, it's, but it's great to, to see. Once again, though, Gordon, want to tip our cap to all the people, the, the volunteers who make yes. this thing happen, and also to our law enforcement, uh, police agencies, sheriff's departments uh, from around the metro Atlanta area, not just city of Atlanta and Fulton County, but everyone kind of pulls together to make sure this event goes off without a hitch and that everyone uh, participates knowing that they're going be to be able to do so safely. Yeah, because they were out early, man, taking care of us. They had everything going on. They were blocking off the streets. They made sure that we got in safely. Right. And then they made sure that we were protected because, like you said, they, we, we've had the EMTs come by. We've had all the frontline workers come through, make sure they, that we were good, 
and make sure that the streets were safe for all the all the participants coming through on the road race. Yeah, now the EMTs, we've seen them in rolling in vehicles. We've seen them on bicycles. Yes. We've seen them on everything so that they can get to anyone that may have any form of dis, uh, of distress uh, while they're in the process of, of running and participating in this event. So they're on the job today. Today is a day that we celebrate. I mean, a lot of people are off work and, and just having fun, but there are some people here working to make sure this event this great Atlanta July 4th tradition continues to uh, to go off and that people continue to enjoy it uh, for generations to come. It's great to see the young folk out here participating in this. The youngest runner can be can be uh, can be ten, ten, years, ten old. years old. Right. The oldest runner we understand is a woman who is 97 wow. years old who's participating in this race. And earlier, I want to give a shout out once again to Coach Bill Thorne. Uh, 91 years old, has, has participated in each and every Peachtree Road race. Uh, he is like a high school coaching legend down on the south side of town. Coached at Mile High School for a time, Hetland High School in the 60s. Uh, coached at Woodward Academy and was cross-country coach down at Landmark Christian. Uh, they won by Dublin. Man, they won a whole closet full of state championship <laughs> trophies while coaching. He coached into his 80s. Uh, was, was, was the coach at 91 years old. And now he participated virtually this morning. He started at 6.30 this morning. Uh, he lives down in Fayette County, and he did a walk uh, participating in the 53rd Peachtree Road Race. He has been a part of each and every one. So we salute Coach Bill Thorne salute. Uh, for, and that's, for being a part of that. And that's even interesting that that's, uh, that's an option to participate virtually. You yeah. know, that's something that, you know, you, you, we talk about how it's all-inclusive where we were talking about everyone that wants to participate. But you don't really think about the, the virtual aspect because you think you have to be here. You have to walk the miles. You have to walk the street and or run the miles and run the street. But you don't really think about it. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm convincing myself as I'm being a part of this. Yeah. You're going to give it a try. I'll give it a try. You're going to give it a My try. My wife has been trying to get me to take it. I've been ducking and dodging it like the plague. And I'm going to, but I'm going to make it a family event. I'm going to bring out the kids because you you, you see that there are right. a lot of families who are participating in this. Uh, there's some little folks right now. Yeah. And I, I've had <laughs> friends and family to participate. You saw just one of my best friends a minute ago just stop by and, and give and dap me up. Now I, I, you know, we gave him a couple towels and let him let him keep running on their way. But I've been, you know, I, I when I was running, I wasn't running for distance. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I was I was probably a 400, 200. You know, at the most, it was 800. When I first started running track, I remember the first uh, the coach put me in on the on the mile. I was on the on the distance relay, and I was on them four by 1600. That was just they just wanted to get me off the basketball floor. They tried to use me to get do something. I was high jump. Yeah, and, and yeah, pick up some and points. I was running pick up some points. Right, 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 right. So, but the mile they didn't tell me that the mile was always the first event when you get off the bus. So. We would always stop at like a Burger King or a McDonald's Ooh. or one of these fast food bad joints. Move. Bad move. And you know, very bad. Rookie move. I'm Ooh. eating. No. And then it's like, oh, no, sir. You're on at eight twenty. Yeah. Wait a oh. minute. Hold on. It's eight <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> and I would legit run my mile and continue to run straight into the locker room. Yeah, man. We we know exactly where you're headed with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that's wow. They they, they um So from know. then on it, I, I I proceeded to get faster and faster and I said never again will I run miles. So but looking at this event like so, I, I'm I'm inspired. Six point two is six point two. Now there's some there's some sections. It's not a flat layout as well you can't find anywhere flat in Atlanta anyway. Right. Uh, so you know you are gonna have to deal with some elevation. And that's the part down around Piedmont Hospital. We talked with Chesley McNeil earlier. That's where he camps out and, and monitors things.